up, guys? Alter State Podcast, episode 55. 55. The Colton Pareko episode or the Skip Ooh. Schumacher episode? Ooh, I'm, really. I'm going to go Schumacher. D- depending on who you fancy. That's true. I like it both. You know, right? Well, let, let's be honest. You couldn't have two more opposite athletes. That's true. You know, Skip Schumacher, all like three and a half feet of them, and then Colton Pareko is just a Scandinavian uh, guy. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Skip's pretty cute, too. Hey, Skip Schumacher was the, uh, when he was like in the prime of his career when I started dating Libby, and boy howdy, did she have a thing for Skip Schumacher's butt. I I heard a lot about, and then when they, when they traded Skip, yeah, I don't know, did they trade him to LA, or did he just sign there? I don't remember. We may just not re-sign, I don't know if we, I don't think it was traded, I think he just wasn't picked up. I think he was part of a trade. Maybe he was. Um, for... For uh, like double A middle infielder, I want to oh, say, shit. okay, was part of that trip. Maybe I don't. So uh, then I'm not. Right. But either way, when that happened, uh, when the, when when he left and Daniel Descalzo kind of became the new Skip Schumacher, oh, Libby okay. then fell in love with Daniel Descalzo. She's just got a thing for scrappy utility infielders. Oh, okay, okay. I guess. Did, well, no, she was Libby was working at the Arch as a tour guide then, and Daniel Descalzo's family. Did an arch tour when they like came in town to see him, and Libby was like was their tour guide, and she was like, you know, they were just a really sweet family. I yeah. just I like that player yeah. now. I was yeah. like, I, I guess yeah. that's a viable reason to like a guy. Yeah, uh, one of one of the offices Jess used to work at in the basement um, was a workout facility for the Blues and the Cardinals, like a private mm-hmm. gym. Yeah. So you know, every now and then she's like, oh, I met Matt Holiday or whatever. I'm like, no, I'm not comfortable with this. <laughs> This is getting to be like a daily thing. Matt Holiday's <laughs> arms looked like pillow slips full yes. of knotted up socks. Yep. Like, oh, he's such a nice guy. Muscles. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's great. I'm glad he signed me a hat. But that, that's enough. Right. That's enough. That's enough. Take it easy there, number seven. Yeah. I'm glad he signed me a hat. Where the fuck did I go to school? <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. Private education. That's what you get. Um, so what do you want to get into first, man? Um, oh, yeah. I, I think... Um, there's no way to roll into it. Yeah, nice. I, I I think it we would be we would be irresponsible to not acknowledge the state of the world that we're in. Agreed. Um, you know, I think at, at this point, everyone is uh, well aware not just of the um, the the really just heartbreaking and probably the hardest to watch video I've ever done, even though I forced myself to watch it. Yeah. Uh, the video, the murder of George Floyd. Um, not just that, but what's clearly been years and, and, and generations really of, um, some pretty unconscionable, un- un- unacceptable systemic racism. And, yep. and as to, Middle class white guys, things that you or I will never understand, and right. I think we're both kind of on the same page. Of man, should I even have an opinion about this? Should okay. I even say? But I think it's becoming more and more apparent that we have to. I agree. Yes, yeah. as, as uncomfortable and hard as it is, it's just too heartbreaking to see other human beings. And that's exactly right. I mean, going through this, this right. just. Just devastating. Right. And, you know, the worst part is, you know, obviously, you know, I got a couple years on you, but this isn't the first time we've seen terrible things like this happen. You just hope, 
some kind of change can come out of, right. you know, the outrage. Um, right. uh, I, 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 I don't have an answer. I don't know what that change looks like. I don't know where that starts. I don't, you know, I, I don't have any, I honestly have no idea. And that's, yeah. that's what's upsetting is that I, I wish I could tell you, well, maybe if we did this or maybe if we did that, but I don't think. Right. I, I don't have one of those, that's, you know, so. That's how I find myself feeling like last week, you know, I, we did a, a graduation. I teach high school at a school that is, uh, has a, a large African-American population. And, you know, I think about this when I'm teaching these kids, like I, I don't know anything about what it feels like to, to be in your shoes, but I know that it's, that, that I care about you and I want to, and that's, that's a hard place to be in. Right. But I think it's probably about time that we accept that it's going to be really uncomfortable. Right. And I mean, the fact that I, right. The fact that we know it it is different to walk in someone else's shoes Mm -hmm. in that situation is the problem. I mean, hey, right. we, we there shouldn't be a difference. That's, yeah. You know what I mean? And the fact that we obviously everybody knows there's a difference. Yeah. Um, be it you know, police, you know, or you know, jobs or education or whatever, poverty. You know, it, there's a difference. Yeah. Um, a, a measure, it, a, a, a quantifiable, uh, right, notable difference. Right. Right. Um, so right, the, the fact just the fact that there's a difference means something needs to change. Right. Um. And well, we, you know, it, it, and it does take time. And unfortunately, things like this tend to be the catalyst towards change. So I guess all that we can do is hope for that catalyst going forward. Mm-hmm. And people really do take it seriously this time. Yeah, that's what I, I, I feel like I, I've spent more time in the last week and a half. Listening. Listening for the sake of listening. I think I'm I am someone who can sometimes be guilty of listening just to respond. Sure. Um, you know, I think I, I probably am, I am, I know that I am guilty of, uh, in a, in a number of different situations, not, um, not strictly race related of, of hearing things, but already knowing what my response is before actually hearing oh, sure. the thing. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I know that I've spent a lot more time listening and engaging. I've reached out to a lot of former students just trying to be like, hey, I, I want. Right. Help me. I want to help. Right. I want to be part of what's, um, I want to be part of this positive change. And I can right. only hope that. A lot of people are taking this opportunity to listen yep. and to try to make something better. And I, and I, you know, we were we were talking before we got on. You know, when this crosses when worlds cross over, when you see John Boyega in the streets right. of Absolutely. London, absolutely right. You know, you see Finn right rallying folks, and yep. that, I mean, that's powerful for a number of reasons. One, obviously, you have a a huge star whose star is only rising. I mean, he has a he has a lot to lose. Absolutely. You know, like Star Wars was really his big break. I mean, he did attack the block and he's and he's been in some other right. really good movies, but right. Star Wars was really the launch pad. Sure. And 
this is a guy that had a lot to lose that fearlessly, um, aggressively came out in a positive way, aggressively came right. out of like, just with his convictions and that is powerful. But I think what's also incredibly powerful about it is that was a rally in London. Right. Like this is not something that's, you know, it's like, sure. This one isolated event happened in Minneapolis, right? but it very quickly echoed in every corner of this country. Right. And then in every corner of the world. Right. Um, because it's not one incident. Right. This well, is this is the one that's probably the most uh, the, the most black and white case. Sure. You know, like the mo- like <coughs> wow, just <laughs> what the fuck? It, yeah, right. It's, it's it's unequivocal. Right. There is no right. argument. Right. The, not that I would make an argument against right. anything, but there isn't like it is just right blatant right and then you hear so many other people that have spent so much of their life living in fear and living um in discomfort and dissatisfaction of a system that they don't feel is working for them and clearly isn't working in their favor right um and i can never understand that but i know that i can try really really hard to to be an ally and to be pulling the rope in the same way you know we we both come from a scenes being both the punk rock scene and the comic book scene that are built on inclusion right you know right I, that's a lot of us find both punk rock and and comic books because right we we don't necessarily fit what, in and we find our community one of my first ever punk rock t-shirts was a Fish, the fishbone t-shirt just says fuck racism yeah i got it at ska against racism at um fuck it was at the galaxy it was a gal you know oh, just it yeah. was a bunch of random bands and it was just because you know for a long time ska had that indication of a little bit of the Coming nazi from, stuff yeah. a little scott skinhead type stuff and you know that generation of those those punk rockers are like that we're not about that shit whatsoever yeah um and made it, Get it the fuck blatantly clear that we don't want that kind of shit at our shows um yeah, so we kind of grew up with a different mindset, obviously, than previous generations, which is what has to happen. Yeah. People like a John Boyega or a punk band that we go to see in a position of influence gives you good influence or yeah. points you in a direction of change or, you know what I mean? Um, or just doesn't put up with your shit. Oh, that's a very good point, too. You know, right. like that's, right. th- th- I think there's, there's a lot of power in forcing yourself to be uncomfortable when... When someone that you know says something that is definitely not, even if someone's like, oh, I'm just joking. Like, no, man. Right. We've got to call that shit out. Agreed. We've got to. Agreed. Like that, where we need to be better. Um, and I don't want to. Nope. Let's sit here and, I, yeah, and, and lecture because obviously. I think. You're uh, the farthest people. Right. From. Right. From but I should. But, but I agree. I think it was irresponsible to, to not say anything. I mean, these are the times we're living in this, you know. Yeah. It's a snapshot of this, our this world. This is our world. Right. And. Um, I. And I. It's, it's devastating that. Racism and. This, this systemic oppression exists in our world 
Um, and I just, I want us all to be better and for whatever, for whatever that's worth, or maybe I am talking out of, out of, out of tone or out of turn or I, I don't know. I think just the idea. I, I think you're right. I agree with you. I don't and know. I, either. And I don't need to belong. In, you know, <laughs> right. Like it, it, I, right. I, I just want to be right. I, right. I, I agree. I don't, I don't know. Change. I don't know what the right thing is to say, but just the idea that we're talking about it. It's hopefully we continue talking about it and that's what we need yeah. to keep doing. So, um, so as opposed to jumping to something on a totally different topic, how about we take a quick break and we'll yeah. come back with uh, a little of the pop culture. Yeah, man. That sounds, that sounds good. All right. And we're back. All right, guys. So we're back. So, I, I don't have a big list today. Yeah, it's, well... I mean, there's not much you know, going on. Not only has there not been much going on in the pop culture world, um, and rightly so, mm-hmm. but also, it's, it's a short turnaround for us. It really was, yeah. We did Sunday and Friday. That's true, that's true, yeah. Um, and one, then to make matters even worse, my goddamn internet was out all day. Oh, uh, we should talk about that. I, well, who, who, who do you want to yell at first? Spectrum, damn it. <laughs> well, I now found your first problem. <laughs> Well, what what really killed me is so one thing that I I wanted to bring up last week, but I forgot to. Um, but I wanted to round up today. Have you watched the the behind the scenes Mandalorian show? I have is, not. No, it is so fucking good. Is it? Oh my god! It's, it's so on my good. list. It's on my list. To watch, watch it. Yeah, yeah. Watch it now. All right. Um, All episode right. six came out today, and I couldn't watch it because I didn't have any. Fucking How many are there? There's gonna be eight. Oh wow, that's great. Each one's okay. a half hour, and okay. each one's like a different. So they cover each episode almost. Well, that's the thing. So it doesn't break down episode by episode. Yeah. It's topic by topic. Oh, so like okay. the first episode oh, like is um, directors. So the first episode is really just kind of like you remember uh, when John Favreau did like Dinner for Five. Absolutely, back yeah. in the day. Yeah. It's it's basically an episode of that. Yeah. With all of the people that directed. Because like that split up, so it's like Taika Waititi, Bryce Dallas Howard, Dave Filoni, oh yeah, um, John Favreau. So it's like that group sitting around just talking about the challenges of directing Star Wars and what that means and that. And Dave Filoni's just dropping fucking truth bombs left and right, which was awesome. Um, so that was episode <clears throat> one, and then episode two was about the cast. Okay. So it was like uh, Pedro Pascal and Gina Carano. And uh, um, Carl Weathers, and, they, oh, and it was kind of like their dinner for five episode, um, and they'd pull in stuff from, like they they'd splice in like on set stuff, but it was really like that conversation of what the, what it was like for the cast and what it was like to cast the characters, and then one uh, was all about the practical effects, and oh, then okay, one yeah. was all about the technology, and they invented holy shit. So they call it the volume. Um, their set is like a big video dome. So like everything that happens in the background, it's not green screened, but it's also not a real set. It's a fucking digital. They they just exist in like a digital dome. Oh, type okay. Deal okay. Called oh, the volume. Shit. It's okay. Su- it's awesome. That's badass. It's such a cool watch. So then like it's, it's basically thirty minutes of like. Here's this really fucking wild technology that we invented for this. Well, really, we didn't invent any of it. We just took a bunch of 
things that don't belong together and stuck them together, which is what ILM does and makes magic with. Yeah. Um, and they're talking about like using like video game engines to develop all the like just really gnarly shit. I like um, it. Yeah. So I don't even know what today's topic was. I want to say it might have been vehicles. I don't know, but it's dude. It's so worth watching. I yeah, like I said, it's definitely on my list, and it's I don't know what. I have a, a list I, of course, have been building for uh, years. Yeah. And just never, some stuff you just never seem to get to. For sure. I got to make sure to get like. to that. But then because, uh, you know, trying to trying to get a little healthier. Yeah. Do, doing my couple miles on the treadmill a day. Nice. My go-to lately, I have been watching the shit out of Doom Patrol. Really? I really enjoy watching I that. I want to watch it. I really so, enjoy it, yeah. So the the HBO Max is coming through I, for I, you, I'm huh? Not, I'm not as pissed as I was. I it's Doom Patrol, man. It's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. I'm like six episodes in. Um, Brendan Fraser? Is, is, I am, is he viable? I am back on the Brendan Fraser bandwagon. Give me a he new Mummy movie. my heart. Yep. I would love to see what Encino Man's up to these days. Oh, man. Sign me up. Sign me yeah, up. I've always just continued to have a soft spot for Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Like, even when he was like... A laughing stock. I still liked him. Yeah. Because, like, right in the same time where he's doing, like, the shitty mummy movies, he also did a guest stint on Scrubs. Oh, did you watch that. Scrubs? No, I didn't really know. So Scrubs is, like, that's in my top five all-time sitcoms yeah. for sure. I, I know some people just love I, it. Yeah. I love yeah. Scrubs. Yeah. It's wonderful. But uh, the episode... Well, he's in two episodes in different seasons, but the the... There's an episode, well, spoiler alert, if anyone wants to watch Scrubs and hasn't yet and actually cares, you might want to tune out for a second, but there's an episode in which uh, his character dies. Okay. But you don't know that he's dead. It's it's the it's the best episode of that entire series, and it's a great fucking series full of awesome episodes. Nice. It's that powerful, but it's like a... Dr. Cox, who's like the asshole doctor. Right, yeah. Um, it's his... Uh, Br- Brennan Fraser plays his brother-in-law. Okay. So in the in the series, uh, it's uh, Doctor Cox's son's second birthday. Okay. Um, and they and Brennan Fraser's character shows up. Um, and then like the season before when he was there, he was diagnosed with cancer. Um, so you knew so you knew it was there, but like he then just vanishes off the show. Um, but then he comes back here, and Cox is like giving him shit for, you know, not taking care of himself and not listening to doctor's orders sure. and this yeah, and that. Yeah, yeah. And Brendan Fraser is just being, like, zany and charming and just, like, super wonderful. And all the interactions that, like, the rest of the cast is ha- having with Cox, as a viewer, you think they're talking about the kid's birthday party and Cox is just being an asshole about it, when in reality, they're talking about Brendan Fraser's character's funeral. And you don't, Gosh, and yeah. like the, the Brendan Fraser's character only exists in Cox's head in this, and it's him. It's Cox remedying the fact that he couldn't save his best friend from cancer, even oh, though he's it. an awesome doctor. Right. And it is, dude, the entire episode is funny. It is fucking heartbreaking. It makes me cry every time, and I've probably watched it 20 times. Right. It is. That's one of those shows. It's one that's like, Brendan Fraser, you still you got still, me, bro. Absolutely, man. Like, yeah. He's, he did such a, he was so great. He, I, like I said, I, I mean, in the in Doom Patrol, excuse me, half the time, it's just his voice because he's 
a big giant robot. Yeah. But but not yeah, there's a lot of flashbacks and <clears throat> mm-hmm. and alternate reality type stuff to where you see him, mm-hmm. you know. The the funny part is, I mean, not funny, but <clears throat> very first scene um, it's not the very first scene. Well, it might be the very first scene of the whole fucking show. Uh, Brendan Fraser plays like a kind of a Ricky Bobby type. He's a NASCAR okay. driver. Got a little bit of a mullet, you know. Uh-huh. He d- dies in the, a car wreck, not in a NASCAR car, but in a car wreck or whatever. You know. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but the very first scene is him, like in his pool house. His wife is in the house working, taking care, the maids taking care of the kids, and he's like railing some you know random workout chick. You know, it's just I mean, I'm like, oh. Wow. Well, okay. Well, DC. Let's just do this. Okay. <laughs> let's dive in. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Frazier's real good. Fucking uh, um, Timothy Dalton. Fucking James Bond is pretty fucking good, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he plays kind of. I forget the character. What the hell's character name? Chief. They, they call him Chief. Kind of a Professor X type character. Okay. You know. Um, yeah. Leader of the little mutant sure. group type thing. Great fucking, you know, scientist kind of guy. Great character. He doesn't have any superpowers to speak of. And then fucking, um, oh, hell, what's his name? Um, uh, K2SO. Alan Tudyk? Alan Tudyk plays uh, Mr. Nobody. He, what a great bad guy. Oh, dude, Alan Tudyk is just great. He's so great. Yeah, he's really great. Um, I, the, like, the fact that he doesn't get more work all the time. Shocks me. I mean, I guess he does get a lot of voice. He does, work. He but gets still, a lot of work. he's a great just actor in general. Right. I, just seeing him on screen, I enjoyed that in general. Did, did yeah. you watch, it was really short-lived, um, a show on NBC, uh, Powerless. It had Ron no. Funches. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was like a half-hour like sitcom almost, yeah, right? Well, yeah, so it was a sitcom that existed in the DC universe. Didn't they make weapons and, or make... Well, so yeah. so it was. It existed in the DC universe, right. and... They were the firm was a branch of Wayne Industries. Yeah, um, and they de- like their whole thing was developing uh, technology for civilians yes. because they had because the civilians existed in a world in which superheroes, superheroes and supervillains were fighting all right. the time. So it was like Vanessa Hudgens. It was a good cast. Was the main yeah. character and Alan Tudyk yeah. was the boss. Who he was Bruce Wayne's cousin. <laughs> I didn't um, know that part. Yeah. And. Ron Funches was one of the R&D guys. Uh, I was super bummed when it got canceled. It only had, like, I feel like five episodes. I feel it, like it, it didn't had, get very yeah, much at all. It was one of those yeah. that was, like... Didn't get much of a they, shot. Well, they brought it in as, like, a mid-season replacement. replacement. Oh, okay. And they never finished it. And it bummed me out, but, like, not because it was great. Like, because it wasn't. Sure. You know, it definitely... But it had all the makings of a show and a cast that like right. if you found gave itself. them some time right you know it's like when you look back great premise right yeah. well and like when you look back say like if you watch season 1 of the office it's bad right it's objectively right. It's bad very, yeah season 1 Shot of Park, a little different everything right. right well season 1 of parks and rec also right. objectively just right. bad um but both of those shows once the cast and crew kind of found their voice became wonderful and i feel like with a cast as good as they had and as funny as they had and a weird like a workplace sitcom that's about art right kind of had a better off ted feel if right. you watched yeah. that show yeah. at all sure but i was like man this really it really i feel like could have become yeah. so that's something, a very fucking funny show i think that's something with an hbo max that you could really make a good show right now you could that could be a good show if you put it on like an hbo max and just gave like let 
writers do something. Uh, yeah. Take that premise and not taking that show per se, but yeah. take that just, premise. Just be funny. And do something with it, right. Well, it was cool because. You, I, just, I like the idea of a half hour sitcom in that universe. Right. You know what I mean? It's, and none of the characters are superheroes. Right. And it so kind of makes like, fun of itself or, yeah. you know, in light of itself kind of thing. Yeah. Well, it's a, it, and, and it, you never even need to bring superheroes in. Right. Like the fact that the show happened. I don't, they, it was a fictional city. It wasn't even one of like the DC cities. And it was like this Alan Tudyk was like the shitty Wayne cousin. Right. That was like, because of nepotism, he had to have a job. So like they sent him to the shit part of town where he like runs this kind of dead end industry. Wayne Enterprise in Sandusky, Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, he's such a... He he plays it kind of like a classic Will Arnett character. Oh, okay, yeah. Like the the insanely confident idiot. Um, like it's just and Tudyk was really funny in that role. And you Vanessa know, Hudgens is a really great actress. Yeah, like she's yeah. very she's just really good. Yeah. So she grounded it and yeah, you know, Ron Funches. Ron Funches. So right, funny. Right. Comedian loves wrestling and comics. What else what, what right. else do I need? And weed. Yeah. Dude, check one of one, one more boxes, please, Ron, would you? God, who else was in that camp? I feel like there... So it was, it was like a group. Like, Ron Funches was... I, know, I feel like there was a couple more comedians. Well, Ron Funches was part of that R&D oh, okay. uh, group, but there was like a... There was a few people in that, so... You know it was a nice surprise? Oh, it, it was also Danny Pudi from Community. Oh, shit, yeah. Who of I, course. Who yeah. I love. He was... Yeah. He, he played opposite Ron Funches. Nice. Nice. Um... Yeah, it had 12 episodes. Oh, that's um, more than I thought. Yeah. But it, it really, it just, it could have gone a lot further, I think, if it were given an opportunity. It was I didn't realize, watching Doom Patrol, uh, Cyborg is one of the main characters in that. Really? It's a different Cyborg than the movie, obviously, but uh, kind of a different backstory, too. But very cool take on the character. I enjoyed it. So, huh. yeah. It's 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 fun, you know. They're they're hour long shows, but it's a uh, some you know it's out there too. It's not just your typical DC shit you normally been getting. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Nice. So they're trying to be a little more. They're not pushing it. They don't go all the way, but they're they're trying to do the little more of the Deadpool vein as far yeah. as the, you know what I mean. A little more adult graphic comic right. kind of thing. Well, um, I mean that's what they're doing with that with the Harley Quinn anime. Absolutely series. right. Kelly right. Cuoco, right? Just motherfucking a storm. I was say, did you see the big? It, it made new. I, I haven't seen the episode yet, but apparently the latest episode made news because uh, Harley and Poison Ivy make out. <laughs> the cartoon character, cartoon character, make, make out. out. And that's and that's newsworthy. It's totally news. That's how you know it's a slow right. news. Well, that, that, that's how you know nothing is happening in the entertainment world. Right. And again, the world has so many bigger problems that that's. That it, 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 it would have been be, Kaylee Cuoco in real life. I would have been in, but you know, <laughs> animated stuff. You know, didn't do it for me. Um, you're talking about. Um, I don't know what we're talking about. This popped in my head. Have you seen? We're t- we talked about it before, like the Goonies. You know, the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. T- uh, together apart thing. Uh-huh. Did you see the new one that's coming out? Uh Ghostbusters. <gasps> what? Yep. Bill Harold <sighs> and Dan Aykroyd are all confirmed. They're saying pretty. They're, so Johnny Weaver should be there. Annie Pot should be there, but they're they're not saying yes or no. If on, Rick on Mr. Rennes, I know, is, dude, I am. I've been impressed with those. I just want. 
I mean, so badly. He, did you? Did you? They say, got Donald Glover. Did you say Harold? I'm, I'm sorry. It, did I say Harold? Winston said more. Winston. Uh, yeah, I was thinking. Yeah. Ernie Hudson. Uh, yeah. Did I say Harold? <laughs> they're they're bringing Harold Ramis out of the grave. That's impressive. That's impressive. But they didn't bother to call Ernie Hudson. But they didn't call Ernie Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Winston. I'm pretty sure Ernie Hudson's worked more than most of the other guys in the past ten years. I feel like I've seen him in more random shit. Yeah, he shows up. I mean, have you seen Danny Aykroyd anything lately? God. No. Why well, he's busy selling that vodka? That's man. true. I was gonna say I heard him on Rogan not too long ago selling vodka and things like that. So And he's been doing that for a long that crystal head came out yeah, like that's true. 10, eleven years ago. That's true. That's been around I wanna say that was like mid two thousands that he launched that. That's 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 true. So he's been yeah. he's been heavy. I heard about it last last year, so Yeah. He's not doing a good job. Well I remember no, I, I well the first I heard of it it first came out was when I was working at DB's. Oh, okay. And we were ordering a shit ton of it because it was just cool to have skull bottles. Right. And that would have been 2007. Okay. 2008. Okay. Um, yeah, right in that vein. So, and he's been doing that for 12 years. Right. But I'm sure he's really involved. <laughs> really involved in cash and checks. <laughs> no doubt, right? Um, no, I, of all of the things. Entertainment wise, I need to be very, I need to be very <clears throat> direct and specific yep. in saying entertainment wise, uh, that has upset me about coronavirus is the Ghostbusters. The, the, the Ghostbusters <clears throat> take getting yeah. get, getting moved a year back. Yep. yep. Like I have been, I am so looking forward to that fucking movie. It is, it is killing me. I know. I, and. If Moranis is in that, can they keep it secret that long? I think so. I mean, it's in the can; it's done. Right. That's like I think with it being like they were full fledged in the promotional cycle. Right. Like it was only like a month away from coming. Like was supposed to be end of March, something like that. I think, or was end of March or early Uh, May? Either it was either March or May. Yeah. Right. But like when they when they put it on pause, it was like. They were in the promotion cycle. So right. I feel like if it were going to, if the beans were going to be spilled, it would have happened right then. It would have happened then. I guess. Whereas, like, now, they don't even have to do any promotion. Does that lead you, or lend you, whatever the term would be, to fall on one side of whether you think Moranis is in it or not? Since we haven't heard anything? I. Really haven't even heard, like. So the thing. Peaks of it since. It's not even. It's really entirely not Ghostbusters related, but the fact that he's confirmed to come back and do a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids sequel for Disney fucking plus. Right. I feel like he first should come back like, for Ghostbusters. Right. And then like, if he's going to come back for that, right. how could he not come back for Ghostbusters? I would, I, I agree 100%. That's my thought. I would agree 100%. Unless they just didn't write his character in. Right. And that, but there, and I guess there is also the part... Um, that Disney could write a much bigger check. Sure, but well, I like. The, let me think of how how the the words I would use for this. Um, hold on, let me think about it. Okay. Um, well, like the the. I think if he were to come back in Ghostbusters, it would really just be like a cameo. I agree. Yeah. Spot. Right. And maybe that's not worth it to him. Like if he hasn't been acting forever, and it's like. Really, you're gonna make me fucking fly somewhere to sit on a set for a day? Whereas, like, if you're talking, honey, I shrunk the kids. One, it's that Disney pocketbook. Yeah. But two, like, 
he was the star of that vehicle. True. So he's coming back for a real part. True. And I can see that argument. I'm, I want him in Ghostbusters I, I super totally, badly. Right. Yeah. But I think that that's the only thing. That's the only reason I can yeah. see him not being in it. Yeah. Because if he's willing to come back to acting, which I, he's confirmed to be willing to, right? Why the fuck else wouldn't? Right. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, I I I don't know. Like I said, I I just threw it out there. I don't know what this makes me think one way or the other. More yeah. than I did before. I don't. I, I, I really feel like I convinced myself he's got to be in there somewhere. I just feel like, what's right. the, what's the point of doing it if you're not going to do it, do it all? You know what I'm saying? I feel like, even like someone like Bill Murray, I wouldn't like, sign on unless it was a complete type thing. Well, it's, I I feel like Bill Murray is was the, he was the make or break for me. For me, it was like, don't, don't fucking do it if Bill Can't. Murray won't show up. Right. Um. I, I think it's worth doing without Rick Moranis. Agreed. Just not nearly as enjoyable. Agreed. Whereas, right. like, it, straight up, if they right. were like, Bill just refuses to well, do it, I'd be like, then don't do it. And like, to me, too, I don't, need, I don't need another Ghostbusters. I think it hurts bad. Annie Potts' character because she doesn't have a Rick Moranis or to a Harold to play off of. That, that, yeah, those are the two she played off, off of those. Them. Yeah. Um, and those, you know, she really didn't. I mean, she had a little bit of an interaction with, uh, yeah, with but Bill Murray, but those were her she'll big. She'll be a cameo spot. Agreed. Too. Totally. Like, I, all, I think. I think of the original cast. I still think Sigourney Weaver would be a cameo for the most part too. Exactly. I think it'll be very I, honestly. I think of the even original Bill the cast. Most of them, right. right. Yeah. I think the only one that stands to be bigger than just a token cameo is Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. I think the rest of the cast is a scene, or two, a minute yeah. of yeah. Uh, something, maybe tiny. You know, like the, maybe there's a one moment where you have all three living Ghostbusters back together. But really, Ghostbusters was... I, aside from the fact of, uh, like, personally, as far as their writing goes, it was Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd's baby. Um, that, like, they brought in Ernie Hudson and Bill Murray. You know, like, they, right. they wanted John Belushi. Right. And they got right. Bill Murray. Right. Um, so, like, I think... Like, on a personal level, it means more to Dan Aykroyd than the rest of them. Sure. But also, like, character-wise, Dan Aykroyd, um, Egon and Ray were the driving force behind who the Ghostbusters were. Right. So I could see, like, the, you know, uh, Egon's dead. Right. The kids need to learn from someone. Who's gonna... And raise the person to teach them. Who's gonna solve the big Twinkie problem this time. Right. Right. So, like, I I could... I think there's room for Ray to be way more involved than um, Dana, than... Sure. uh, Venkman, than uh, Winston. Winston's had more. Like, I, I think... There's just not as much. There, there's not as when when I watch Ghostbusters, it would almost take away from the Paul Rudness of it, right? Yeah. If it was just a nostalgia vehicle. When I watch Ghostbusters, you know what I I find I'm missing the most about current movies? Smoking. <laughs> there was so much smoking in Ghostbusters. I mean, ridiculous, right? But it was so good. It was so of the time, and so oh, for sure. Like when talking uh, with the the fucking dart hanging out of your mouth, just bouncing up yeah. and down, or like. When you the, see Slimer the first time, the it's hanging there. The, oh. When uh, when uh, Venkman is in the mayor's office, which is easily my favorite scene of the whole <laughs> fucking movie, but like in the mayor's office, he's smoking a cigarette, right. hanging out of his mouth, dirty right. as shit, right. and like 
that was par for the course of the 80s. Right. It was just like, yep. of course people are smoking in the mayor's office. Yes. Yep. When was the last time a cigarette was allowed in any mayor's office? Yes, that's true. This man has no dick. Right. I mean, yeah, one of the best ever. Everything was fine until dickless wonder over here just <laughs> shut us down. Is that true? Your Honor, it is true. This man has no dick. Uh, <laughs> my favorite joke. It is. Of it's, all time. It's one of like the that, best. That's, that's my favorite joke in any movie, maybe. Because Bill Murray is that fucking brilliant. I know. I know. Like, the way Bill Murray delivers that line is... That's as good as comedy gets. It is. It is. I, um... I watched, I don't know if we talked about this, it's been a couple weeks since it was on, but I'm a golf fan. Uh, a couple weeks ago they had that Phil Nicholson, Tiger Woods thing. Yeah, I caught some of that. Uh, I, was over my, you know, I was at my parents' house that day. Yeah, Tom Brady and fucking um, Peyton Manning were, you know, mm-hmm. on each other's, or other guys' teams or whatever. But I just thought to me, I'm like, and it was a rainy, so it was kind of a bummer, you know, they still had fun. But just, you know, have Bill Murray just, like, wander. Because he's a golf guy. Oh, man. It, it, have it scripted or whatever. He's just out there doing putts, you know, or whatever. Don't even... That would have been awesome. You don't have to say anything. You just pan oh, over the camera God. by. Like, is that fucking Bill Murray? <laughs> oh. so, I love him so much uh, at golf stuff, too. You ever see him? I just with... love him so much at oh. everything. But Bill Murray was the only thing that made it okay to me that the Cubs won the World Series. Right, because he was so happy. Yeah. Like, what, yeah. like, he did... His interactions and yeah, his well, stuff. Like, yeah. they, they let him into the clubhouse. Right. And WGN gave him a fucking microphone. Right. right. So he's just walking around drinking and partying yeah. with the players, yep. but doing it on air. Yep. And just, like, genuine, honest joy that I get. Yeah. Especially as Absolutely. a Blues fan. I get, yeah. I get much more what that feels like he, now. He's our John Hamm. But... And I love John Hamm. Oh, he's not the level. No, get me wrong. No, 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 no. Bill Murray is Bill Murray is royalty to me. I would, I would agree. I would, that's, that's fine. That's fine. Like I, yeah. If if you were if I had to think about actors, actors that I would want to meet, like if if, if someone was like, hey, you could have dinner with any actor. Bill Murray might be the one. Is it? The, is it the? Them right now, or like right, right now, do I pick that in their prime? Either way, it's Bill Murray. I know, no, I know. I was just but, thinking, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a good question, but I like Bill Murray might be my favorite actor of all time because he, like, I just did you ever watch Rushmore? Of course, oh my great God. movie, great movie, such a wonderful movie. Yep. But there's a, um, that movie opens another one, like, another line. That just is so. That is a good. It's well written by Wes Anderson, but just Bill Murray's delivery of it is the opening scene of Rushmore when he's giving the uh, the speech to like open the new wing that he paid for, right? And he's talking about he's only talking to like the scholarship kids at this point because yeah. like everyone else is rich, and he's like he's just bashing all the rich kids right. of which his kids are some. And he just ends it with like, and remember, money can buy anything, but it can't buy backbone. <laughs> and just like the way Bill Murray delivers Fuck that yeah. line is so like, it, it, it's so honest, but also like really fucking funny yep. the way he delivers it. Bunch of uh, celebrities have been doing like you know uh, uh, speeches for graduates, yeah. and, you know, just online or whatever, you know, things like that. Uh-huh. And of course, um, you know. Born in 78, child of the 80s, back to school. is one of my favorite movies, Rodney Dangerfield. Uh-huh. And that ending sequence when he gives the little speech or whatever. It's real quick, but I just love that, you know, 
you know, stupid little lines. He's like, uh, you got to watch out for number. No, it's like we said, you got to watch out for number one, but don't step in number two, that kind of dumb shit. Yeah. It's like, I got a message to all you graduates out there. Um, you know, something about being going to be tough. Move back in with your parents. Let them deal with it. It's yeah. rough out there. You know, that kind of shit. I'm like, fucking right. Should have yeah. moved back in with my parents a long time ago. <laughs> oh, anyways. I, um... So I had this ongoing argument with different people about, okay. you know, I, I brought up the you know, whole get off my lawn moment, the you know, Nirvana thing got yeah, to me, yeah. and little things like that. They don't. Uh-huh. These same people try to argue, and I know you probably don't have much of an opinion on these two different people, Eminem and Mr. Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, motherfucker, I love Eminem. I know you do, but I, at the same time... <laughs> I have a ch- I'm a child of the is, 90s. Is there any... I, I was a teenager when right. Eminem hit. Right. I, I am right. I'm peak Eminem. These people, not even going to say names. These kids. These people. Ugh. Future. Insist that even as of today, MGK is bigger than Eminem. Like, that's an insane statement. That's just objectively wrong. I don't know. Like, you you can say, I like Machine Gun Kelly more than Eminem. That's a subjective thing. (laughs) Like, Eminem. uh, top five or ten most famous rappers of all time. All time, right? Yeah, you know, like I, I would, I would, he's, I, I would assume probably has uh, you know three or four of the top ten rap albums of all time, even for if sure. not more. For if, sure. You know what I mean? Right. Oh yeah, you, you think about like you know, there's there's your Jay Z, there's your Lil Wayne, there's I, there's I, I right. fucking Eminem, right? Right. Like, right. MGK is just this year's. Yeah, he's just, he's just a, he's just a uh, current rapper. Paul Wall or whatever. It's just, yeah, you know, just he's, another he's dude. A current right. rapper. Right. And like, having said fine. that, having said that, the reason it came up is because on my playlist, I'll, I'll own this, I have that MGK Travis Barker song. And I think, have you heard it? Any of these stuff? He, he does a couple tunes with Travis Barker playing drums, I have right? No idea. You want to know the reason I think I enjoy it? it sounds just fucking like Blink 182. Really? I swear to God, I never realized how much Travis drove that engine. Oh, 100%. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I know how important he is to the band, but this the sound. Uh huh. It. The, I mean, the, the the stops are the same. The dude, fucking. There is a it's reason that Blink One Eighty Two went from being like a um, pop punk band, right, to one of the biggest bands in the world. It's Travis, kind of overnight, and it's because they replaced their drummer, right. And like personally, I I've always been a huge Blink fan. Um, so like I really love. Dude Ranch. Right. Um, Enema of the State. I really right. love Cheshire Cat. Yeah. Um, but, like, Enema of the State and Beyond, it's a different band. Right. Like, Great. it's a... it's a, it's a just do so di- much more. It's a different sound. Right. Right. And, and Mark and Tom didn't become better songwriters overnight. No. The sound just completely yep. evolved. It completely yeah. changed um, with how, like, Travis Barker just plays drums differently than anyone else in that genre. Like, I'm not going to go out here and say he's the best drummer in the world. Uh-huh. I, I think he might be the fastest drummer in the world. Um, eh, maybe. But... Um, I think he's one of the best drummers. I think he's really he's yeah. really good, but I think he's kind of... I think... he's. He I only say that because... Distinct. I was going to say, you can tell when it's a Travis Barker on drums for the most right. part. Well, I feel like Travis Barker is the best... You know what I... Well, I'm not qualified to say this because I don't listen to enough... Like I think hip hop and rap. I think, but yeah, I think yeah. he plays hip hop drums. 
Totally, and I yeah. think he kind of, I think he kind of defined it's like what a, that like means a white quest love kind right of, you now. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you know like I mean? think he kind of like def- a punk version of that. Yeah, like yeah. fast hip hop right. drumming. Right, is like that. That's kind of a he, his rise to prominence made that a, a more recognizable sound. Right, I think. Right, and he there's very... no one else in the rock and roll or punk rock world that was playing drums like that. Like right. They were all just playing double time. Right. Right. Fucking right. heavy hits, which no, I love. I, totally. But yeah. it's just, it's a different sound. Yeah. Before we get out of here, because I, I brought it up only because, I, mean, I don't think they, they released it as a single, but I saw on YouTube, uh, Travis Barker and MGK covered uh, a Rage song. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. I I mean, you know, his drums were badass, I, but it was just uh, him Machine playing Gun, drums. It, see, it seemed like Machine Gun Kelly to me doesn't have the... In that moment, like I've never really listened to the guy. I don't have any fucking opinion one way or the other. Right, right. But in that, I, I did watch that, and he just lacked conviction to me. Uh, yeah, and like it's on his yeah. Zach, Zach Delarocca, you don't fuck ev- with that. Yeah. Every fucking rage song is is the core of his being. Right. You know, like right. r- rage is great for a lot of reasons, but. To me, what what has always made Rage Against the Machine most interesting to me is the pure conviction right. in every word spoken. Right. Like it is it is so painfully honest about his exact view of the world that like for anyone else to sing it, the words the words just become words. Totally right. You know, like right. It, it, it's 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 a fool's errand to cover agree. rage. I agree, hundred percent. Because yeah. Zach De La Roca just oozes what that the fucking milieu of that band, you know? Right. Yep. Like it's a it's a waste of fucking time. I would agree, hundred percent. Because rage is just so goddamn it's good. Fucking rage, yeah. Uh, like, uh, shit, I'm trying to think. I had something else. No, please. Oh, so the. The, the get off my lawn moment. Yes. That yeah. you brought up. I was feeling really get off my lawn. First of all, is, is it a get off the lawn moment if I'm right? <laughs> I mean, I think it's even more uh, of a get off my lawn moment if we're right. Nah, I, I think it's just being right. Uh, <laughs> I, I think we're just kind of old and shitty. Um, Bring so, me any paperwork that shows me any type of list where MGK beat Eminem in anything and I'll... And I'll well, no, you're, it. it's objectively correct. Okay, but. Okay. Um, but it doesn't change the fact that, like, I would also say MGK isn't for us, right. man. Oh, this, like, that's true. No. He's a different demographic. You know what blew and me I away? I don't yeah. need him to be for me. It blew me away. Like, yeah, I don't need to have a fucking opinion on I it. I felt super old. The same, these same fucking kids who obviously don't know anything. Uh, fucking, like, a, that Jay-Z Kanye West song comes on. Like, one of those... Like the Watch the Throne album, oh you know, yeah, yeah, you know, it was like yeah, yeah. 2007 or whatever. Yeah, this kid's like, oh, fucking album's so old. This was like senior year. Like, fuck off, senior year. Like, oh, what? it's way more recent than that. It was like 2007. Motherfucker, 06 was my senior year. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I graduated. No, high. me and Gibson graduated high school in 06. No, me and Gibson not Fox. possible. Yeah, that, I guess that's right. That I graduated. Record, in that record came out in like 12, right? Yeah, like yeah. 12 or 13. Yeah, that record came out when I was. No longer living in Springfield. Like, I'd already okay, moved to okay. Springfield and moved back. Okay. So it was probably probably 12 or 13. Regardless. It's, it's sad. Yeah. Anyways, I'll, I'll, I, but, I, I interrupted you. I so, so, again, just something that we probably... 
I I just needed to say this out loud because I felt like such a crotchety old shit last night listening to this. And I, I think we're both very much in the same place, but which either totally qualifies us to speak on this or completely disqualifies us. I'm not sure. Um, I've, I've been listening to this new podcast lately. Um, uh, you remember the band Silverstein? I do, yeah. Uh, so... The lead singer of Silverstein. Oh, you mentioned this before. Oh, yeah, sure. so, so the you mentioned the podcast. Singer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So last night I was uh, I was in my basement taking apart this Connects Big Ball Factory that me and Gibson made yeah. four fucking hours. My hands hurt from taking every piece apart, but the whole time I'm down there doing it, I'm listening to the podcast. And he was having this conversation um, about like he so Silverstein broke in in like the early two thousands. Which was the same time that I was in bands, and same time you were in bands, um, and it was he was talking to other bands like from that era also, mm-hmm. and they were all talking about like when we were young, like all we did was just play shows, right? That like you'd record demos and you'd just play fucking shows yep. relentlessly. You'd, yep. you'd play every weekend if you could. You'd yep. drive. You'd, you'd usually you'd a Friday go, and a Saturday, yeah. right? You'd go downtown, or you'd drive anywhere within a hundred miles that right. would have you. Right. Oh, if I can get to if if someone will put me on stage in Columbia this weekend, I'll be there. If someone right. will put me on stage in Wentzville this weekend, I'll Done. fucking be there. Um, wherever. But like that was what you did, and then they were talking about um, the current thing. I guess they were talking about what's band I Prevail. Okay. Um, who had who have heard of? Sound, I, I, yeah, I've I heard of. Say, they're like yeah. a big thing in kind of like the screamo emo world okay. i think okay um but they were talking about that how like their first ever show was like a sold out show at the troubadour because that's not because like kids don't start bands and play out anymore right. they just like build a following they, they spend all of their time on the internet right marketing and then they and then they figure out how to play a show after and, like, so I had this whole kind of, like, crisis in my head where I first heard that, and I was just like, fuck that. Right, yeah. That is fucking bullshit. Yeah. Like, it's all about the live show. The live show is everything. How are you making a music video? Right. How are you re- recording a quality record you've never played a fucking show? Right. But then there's the other part of me that was like, well... Doesn't mean it's wrong. No, that's yeah, actually kind of smart, because yeah. now a lot of people like you, and, yeah. you know, like... You've, you've had time to really hone your sound, and I guess you don't need to play out because that's not how kids find you anymore because kids don't go to shows anymore. Right. Um, like, not the, like when I was in high school, this is what we did. Right. Like, we just went to the club every weekend. Right. You know, whether it was Galaxy or Creepy Crawl or wherever, we just went to see whatever fucking bands were around. Right. Kids don't do that anymore. So if you were to do that as a band... You wouldn't be getting anyone's attention, right? Because there's no one attention to get except old fucks like me, who are probably then going to shit on you for being the fucking kid, right? And yeah. like, yeah. it's it's a real lose lose. Um, so I was thinking, I was like, well, no, like I guess good for them, but also like, no, man, fuck, I, I, I'm, <laughs> like, like no, it's bo- it's, I I had to sit in front of the fucking mall exactly and hand out flyers. Right. I had to hand out right. flyers for right. fucking. Ten other band right. guys that I know and their girlfriends right. to show up at my fucking shows. I, I had to watch a hundred people didn't... throw my flyer away right. after a show. You're doing the same exact thing. I did. no, I, 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 I like I, I, I go both ways too. Yeah, I was in a real crisis mode yeah. in my head about it last night, where I was like, 
No, you old shitty man. No. Like, let the kids do it how it works for them. And I agree. And yeah, right. So, like, there's also the part of me, it's like, yeah, I did do that. I did pay my dues. I also <laughs> never had any never, real success. Right, totally. So who the Where'd fuck that get am me? I to say anything? Absolutely. Absolutely. Who am I to say anything about what's right? Like, I, I, I did nothing, man. I still that's think... That's not true. I, I, I played to a sold-out Mississippi. That's right. Once. I played so the pageant. I played the pageant once, so fuck it. Yeah. Right, We're successful right. musicians. <laughs> fuck you. This is the n- new podcast, Successful Musicians. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> We really, I right. swear. Oh my goodness. And that lends itself perfectly. So I can't believe I didn't say, um, as of today, we are back on Floorfest this right. week. It's going to be a good time right Speaking there. Of the live music center. I talked yeah. to Tyler Cash today. Nice. Um, yeah, Tyler Cash of Hard Loss fame and um, a million other things. That dude seems to have his hand in everything. Um, yeah, that was a good time last year. Yeah, they, they actually. Hard Loss just released a new EP that's really fucking dope. Nice. Um, that features vocals from Shane Told from Silverstein. Oh, badass. Now it's really go. full circle. So there it is right so there. Silver, yeah, so I've been listening to Shane Told on that and on the new Hard Loss EP. But either way, uh, August 22nd, yes. I'm, that was such a fun day last year, um, and I am super stoked to get back at it this year. Before we lose, before I lose my train of thought, on that same topic yeah. we're talking, the musician, I go back and forth as well. Uh-huh. I do feel, regardless of how you get that following, you have to to maintain it. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to perform it for sure at some point. You know what I'm saying? They might follow you for a little while just based on what you've put out, but I think in order to maintain it, well, the, the people want to. It's it's always going to be everything, right? I yeah. mean, no matter what music you might be into, even if it's just a DJ press and play, it's still better with a thousand people in right. a room. You, you know what I mean? Right. So, um, but if you're not doing, I just, so. I just, it is everything. I still feel like those groups still need to work on a lot, some, and, some type of live. Sh- and they know, all do. Perform. Absolutely. You know, like I said, like, Absolutely. I Prevail is clearly very successful. They have right. a big following. Right. Totally. I'm sure they put on a good live show. Absolutely. Like, they're not, well, I'm not, I'm not part of their demographic, so I don't I mean, really, know, but. Like, we, we act like it's a new thing, but it's what. Trent Reznor's been doing for thirty plus years, just right. doing the a studio by himself, making this, and I guess here we true. go. And really, uh, Billy Corgan—it's he's pretty much a one-man band. He does, you know what I mean? So it's not a new thing. There's more technology, so it's more available. Obviously, yeah. you don't have to be uh, already successful and have or have access to this equipment. Um, so, but you yeah, can just go. I just feel crotchety as shit. I, <laughs> But, but you know what? You know, I am still going back to that goddamn Elks Lodge to a local that's right. show. That's right. Um, where I belong. I think, my way. That's right. I think the, the fact that you is. acknowledge it is a step in the right direction. I would like to think you, so. you at least you acknowledge your crouchiness. Right. Yeah. That's not. That's not going to turn me into less of a curmudgeon. <laughs> but it's at least going to make me keep it inside instead of outside. Right. Except when I sit around and talk with you <laughs> about, right. yeah. about the fucking kids these well, days. Good things no one's listening. <laughs> I mean, half of the problem is acknowledging your crotchetiness. Is crotchetiness a word? It should be a crotchetiness. Yeah, crot your your crotchetai. <laughs> yeah. If Steve Miller can introduce a new word, so can yeah. Brandon. Um, you had some. You, you looked at your. Well, you, you were thinking about crotchety stuff, and I just happened to think of William Shatner. 
he said he's open to a return on Star Trek if it's the right circumstances. <laughs> Talk about cratchy old men. That's the first thing. That's all. Oh yeah. I, I, I think Shatner. it's funny that he felt the need to say that because I right. don't think anyone was doubting it. Right. I, I, totally. Right. Like William Shatner is the guy that right. like if if at any point someone would have told me someone offered him anything on any Star Trek and he said no, I would be I, I'd, I'd be aghast. Yeah. What? I'm pretty sure. I saw him. Nope, it wasn't catheters. I thought he was selling catheters, but he's selling the um, what do you put on for snoring at night? The sleep apnea. The, the, the cleaning machine fucking... for his sleep apnea machine. He's hawking those. Oh man. Um, so yeah, I, I was not surprised when I heard he's open to a return. Sure. Yeah. At Star Trek, one of the biggest grossing I'm, franchises I'm of all time. I'm willing. Yeah. To appear at a hundred in a hundred million dollar blockbuster movie, I'm, I'll listen to offers. I'll field. Yeah, it. he just got divorced. Remember? Did you remember that? Was that not him? He got divorced, and there was a big thing. No him and his wife owned horses, and part of the divorce was who got the horse semen. What? It was worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like they breed horses and shit. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Shatner got the semen. Don't you feel yeah. like you could split the jizz? I mean. I don't know Maybe? how to respond to split the jizz. <laughs> I want that to be the podcast name, but I'm not sure it should be. I think it should just be Shatner got the semen. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking something crouchy, but then it went right to jizz. Oh, <laughs> uh, we need to move on. We need um, to move on. Yeah. Uh, I have a little business news. I'm listening. Did, did you see what happened with DC and Diamond? No. DC Diamond is no longer distributing any DC stuff going forward. So when they open that up with Midtown, they really yep. Uh, DC will be available through Lunar or Penguin Random House, which I think Penguin Random House is uh, who owns Midtown. Yeah, yeah, yep. Wow. I, I don't know if that'll change in the future, but Diamond's back in business. They're back yeah. shipping stuff out, and they are not shipping DC. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Curious to where the future if that moves other things. That is intriguing. Yeah. Shit, now we got to get a new business account. Right? I know. I That's know. All this. Like, it was really convenient to it only manage extremely. a diamond account. I know. I still, I mean, you know, this just might be one of those big dick power moves at one point. I feel like this is the, the wrong time to do that, so I feel like I hope not someone's not doing that. But See, I, I guess what? it depends. So, if I am remembering this correctly... And I may not be, so I'll probably need to fact check this. Don't take this as gospel, but I believe I'm correct here. That Jim Lee owns a stake in Midtown Comics. That sounds correct, I think, yeah. Jim Lee is the editor-in-chief of DC. Right. It's almost like DC is just distributing from Keeping within. Keeping in-house, right. Um, which we could say is a big dick power move, maybe. Business-wise, it makes sense. But, I get it, yeah. Well, not even that. I think if we are, so now in the in the post-COVID world, where who knows if this is coming back, who knows what shutdowns look like, who knows what the, I think we're still a, a stretch away from knowing what the brick-and-mortar comic book retail industry looks like. Sure. You know, I think there's a reason you and I have kind of put a pin in some things. Yeah. Because that's going to, we're not going to know for a while. Yeah. So if I'm DC... I want to be able to control turning the faucet on and off as necessary. Yeah. So, like, for them, 
DC lost, I'm sure, yeah, obviously everyone lost a lot of money when everything shut down. But when Diamond decided to shut their doors, Diamond essentially chose to shut down the industry. Right. So if I'm DC... You want your destiny in your own hands. Right. I want to control my destiny. If comic book stores are going to stay open... I want to be able to supply them. I want to be able to supply them. Right. If they're not, I want to be able to adjust my orders and adjust my production. Right. Um, And I think until... Unless we have some miracle vaccine in six months... I think this climate's going to be evolving really quickly over the next year or two that it seems to me smart business-wise to have control over it. Yep. And again, I, th- I think I also think if, um, if I'm DC and we do have a miracle vaccine in a month, um, then I think you can probably mend that fence with Diamond and make make your uh your industry clientele happier right well i think because of who you are you're dc you still have superman you have batman you have right diamond isn't gonna say no fuck you we're not gonna exactly do business with you ever again yeah so um yeah i mean i don't think i don't necessarily i don't have anything to base it off of that that they're trying to pull anybody's trying to pull a power move I, i agree with what you said i think dc just wants to control their fucking destiny and be able to if we need to shut down we need to shut down yeah um we don't have to have outstanding right or issues with this person or this or this company or whatever so or if we have the ability to stay open then let's stay open sure you know keep our people working or if if people want our you know if if enough stores are staying open that want our product we want to be able to pipe it directly to them or whatever whatever any of that looks like i mean yeah, there's, there's just so much uncertainty exactly. that I feel like at, at this point, professionally, the more you can control, the better. You know, it's it's more valuable than ever to control your own assets. Totally, because so much, and obviously in the world at large is uncertain, but especially in our industry. I mean, right. the. The comic book print retail industry is very it's, just, it's 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 unique. Right. It's it's a very specific niche market. Right. Well and a lot of what the that, margins are not. No, I was gonna say a lot of what that industry relies on, not just the books, but the conventions. Oh the, yeah. You know, events like that to keep going and keep cycling through money. And those are gonna be Well that's different. A, we are we are a company because of conventions. Right. You know, right. Like while we almost had a brick and mortar, and while I still hope we will in the future, um, we came to exist as a convention, a convention. company. Absolutely. Um, and in a lot of ways, we're a convention industry. You know, we're, we are not unique in that business model. Right. Like, as far as our company is concerned, there, right. there were a lot of people that we would see at Toy Man and at other cons that are in the same boat we are, yep. that are operating online retail and convention. doing the convention yep. circuit. And for our industry, that's a that's a major part. And if yep. conventions aren't coming back, or when they are, I mean, shit. That, that, that's why I, one of the main reasons I'm so excited about Floorfest. Right. Just like fuck, thank you. Right. Let me get back to work on this. Right. Like no doubt. I've been missing doing this work. No doubt. No doubt. Um. So if I'm DC, I want to control that. Yep. I agree 100 percent with my with my properties. Yeah. Um. 
But then I think it, it opens... I think it creates an interesting situation then because Marvel being far and wide the more successful of the big... T- like, it's funny, when you look at like when we were kids and earlier, it was a real punch-counterpunch. But in the past 20 years, yeah. it's Marvel's world DC's just living. Absolutely. You know? Yep. Um, and that goes beyond, well beyond the movies. Like, obviously... The MCU is infinitely better and more successful than the DCEU. Right. But also in print publication. Really, outside of the Bat Universe stuff, what do you got? DC doesn't sell right. a lot. But Marvel, right. I feel like, does... A lot of their characters do what, like... It's weird. Marvel doesn't... And again, I'd have to look at the figures, but I feel, I feel like I'm on the in the right zone here since last time I looked. Mm-hmm. Marvel doesn't have anything that sells as well as Batman, but Marvel has 30 titles right. that sell good numbers. Right. Whereas DC has one, like one or two and not, you know, like, and, and then whatever, a limited series run, they might be doing that month yeah. or something. Right. You know, right. like, Maybe Which is when, usually in the Batman universe, right, right? Right, like you know, maybe when they can get a, a Mark Millar to jump in and right. do uh, an All Star Superman, right. or you know, get a get a good Flashpoint story. Right. Or, well, they did like Doomsday Clock sold pretty well, I think. right? So shit like that. Um, you know, when they can get, when they can bring in someone uh, that can do Wonder Woman well, right? But in general, they just don't have that many interesting characters especially and on ongoing it, series you don't you know you might like you might get the 12 issue run but you're not getting right you know the, the every two weeks or the you're once a month the uh, list, guys. right no you know not like, at all i'm not there's never going to be a circumstance in which i put the flash on my poll list i'm just not yeah i don't i i, I, I did i do here and there just uh, if it's a new uh, I, I do this anyway generally with new new stories i'll get the first couple, just to sure. just to give it a shot, yeah, and then I'll usually drop it or whatever. But um, the last cu- the last Flash one, I, I I got like twenty deep. Really? I, yeah, yeah. It wasn't a bad story. Now it intertwined a little bit with uh, when they first introduced Watchmen and stuff like that. So yeah. there was a little bit of that that I was curious to see. So that kind of kept me going throughout. Um, but that was a little bit of you know Flashpoint stuff mixing in, changing up the Batman's, and that kind of mm-hmm. led to the. Um, white knight stuff and that kind yeah. of shit, you know. Um, so it, you know, but it it all. Now that I say that, it really was background the flash stuff to get to a Batman universe story. Yeah, you know what I mean. So even though it it le- it led me there, you know what I mean. So right. Well, and that's like there's. I think about. Um, <laughs> sorry, forty year old yeah. virgins on the background it's, just distracted. Steve, Steve Carell just had sex. Um, like DC has a lot of great limited characters like the Watchmen stuff is awesome Swamp Thing really cool but just like they're, they're marquee players I don't fucking care about the Justice League Me I don't either. care about yeah. a single person in the Justice League right. except Batman right which is why we've said many times and DC has much better villains than they do heroes and they should they should just do more of that kind of shit right yeah so, what? Sorry, I I totally lost where I was at. Um, but coming back to it, with DC now choosing their 
handling their distribution route, I wonder if that opens a door for some sort of exclusivity or merger or something between Diamond and Marvel. I don't know that that would be a valuable thing to yeah. either of those companies. I right. don't know. Right. You know, I don't know if Marvel wants a piece of that. I don't know if Steve Jeppy's interested in giving up anything. Sure. But it feels like, you know, like, obviously you've still got, like, your images. Um, dynamite. Dynamite. Yeah. But, like, you know, most of your indie comic like if I'm Marvel, if let's say Marvel were to own Diamond, which is not going to happen, but right. let's just just say if, if if it went that far, they would still be very interested in absolutely in selling the right. like right. the image shit. I just bought two new image books yesterday, right? From Apotheosis, like right. image is killing it. Right oh, big now. time! Yeah, I I think the. The independent comics are the future of comics. Right, right. Like, and there's so much, uh, much more artist friendly. I mean, with right. Image Comics, you own your book for the well, most part. Like you, you can know just tell mean? so many cooler stories. Like right. I think we are we are past the point <clears throat> of superhero comics being that superhero comics are not what comic books are about anymore. Totally. Like, yeah. That that's what superheroes are what make kids fall in love with comics and make lifelong comic fans. But like the shit that's going on with image and other things is it infinitely cool. Like I bought yesterday uh the book uh Paul is Dead. Mm-hmm. Um that's about like the fictionalization of Paul McCartney dying during right. recording right. Sgt. Pepper. Right. I'm very excited to read that book. Yep. That's an image book that I think and the artistry and it's gorgeous. Well they say Paul is um, dead on the record. I mean he's yeah. Like, yeah. And then I also bought uh twenty four panels, <clears throat> which is uh it's a story about um recovering from trauma and it's an anthology book of short stories and each story is told limited to or not limited to but must be told in 24 panels right um which i'm really kind of interested to dig into but like that's that's the shit that drives the industry you totally. know it's the superheroes that make the kids fall in love with it and you get like i dig um it's wrestling by the way yeah, it's yeah. wrestling's on and that this car accident where this guy looks oh, like this he's was, dead. Oh, my God. This was last week. You don't know about this? Well, but then, like, you look at the car, and it's like the car is very oh, no. so carefully parked on the curb. Jeff Hardy has a history of drinking problems. This is legitimate. This is one of those things where they're bending reality. and the, So they're saying now they find Jeff Hardy, you know, drunk and the blah, 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 all this kind of thing, right? Now, but it's all storyline. But he has legitimately been arrested for drugs and alcohol and driving intoxicated before. Um, but his car is very clearly and cleanly <coughs> parked with the hood neatly popped. Well, then if you if you pay attention to the end of the show, he showed back up because you know we all know after you're arrested, you can still be there by the end of the show. Sure, you can sure. run in and someone set him all up, so he tried to beat that guy up. Oh, so it was all it's all a setup. This is not even a good setup it's though. A, it's wrestling, yeah, yeah. Boy, I really expect hey, man, WWE this to is, do a better job. This is Fox on a Friday night. Wow, prime time, boom. What? This is what you get. What a strange time yep. to be alive. Yep. Turns out Seamus set him up. Who would have thought the Irish guy? 
Ah, always, always. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry, but that was very distracting. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I have nothing. Ever, ever. Ooh, the one last storyline. <laughs> yes. That I guess since we're talking about Bat stuff. Yes. Um, so obviously Ruby Rose stepping away from Batwoman. Yeah. Did you see that they are not recasting Kate Kane? But they are creating a new character. Really? And they're just going to make it so, like, Kate Kane vanished. So Batwoman oh, okay. will not be Kate Kane. Oh, okay. And they're going to try to explain it away in like story. Like she comes from another universe, dimension, world, or whatever? No idea. Because after the, Crisis, there was, it, the, they only left with one world. That's why well, the I the character was... that they... There was a casting call that got leaked, and they used the character name Ryan something. Okay. I don't remember. But it was, it was like, clearly a placeholder name. Like, no one in the DC universe ever used this name. Right. But it's one, like, they just don't want people to know who they're, like, who they actually are casting. But it's going to be, it's going to be another female lead. Um, and I'm assuming they're keeping the title As it should, because I think it's wrong to change Batwoman to a guy. I'm going to make but, that stand. Um, but I, I think uh, I don't know. I don't know who they're going to. Obviously, we don't know who they're going to cast. We don't even know who the character is going to be. Right. And I think that's an interesting move, um, because I think the easy road is to just recast. Like, right. And there's we live in a world you wouldn't have to explain it. Well, right. Right. And like we live in a world where like that happens all the time. Right. That I don't think anyone would bat an eyelash right. at it. Like right. no one. I think just because it's the first season, it changes things a little bit. Yeah. I mean, they kind of were bait trying to plan, the, build this as the new as era. the big one. You know what I mean? And go yeah. forward. So, I don't know if that changes their plans, but I think it has to adjust a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. Well, and I also, there's, in this universe, Batman has vanished from Gotham. Right. For no reason. Right. For X amount of time. So, you know, maybe they tied this into that same mystery. Sure. But then at some point you have to explain where Batman went and you, would think. you can't bring Ruby Rose back. Right. It, it, it seemed like that was a rather contentious relationship. I find it hard to believe know, you could yeah. get her even in a couple of years yeah. to yeah. just tie up that loose end. But you never know. Seems you never like, know. But yeah, right now I don't know why you'd be planning on that. Yeah, yeah. That, that just seems like a real... Uh, not... Yeah. <laughs> it seems like a real reckless idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just got a last couple little things here. Okay. Um, so they're saying like uh, MCU TV stuff, like you know, uh, Wanda WandaVision uh-huh. start re- start filming here in July. So they're back to. Okay. And they're saying it in order to maybe not miss when the mo- when the shows are due to come out, uh-huh. they may just split them up into like two parts, so you get six episodes here, and then maybe not six episodes like, maybe like three, three months or later or something like that, in order not to miss. Yeah. So at least there'd be. Lapo, you get six episodes of this, and then be six episodes of this come out, so you don't get Lapo. So okay. I think it's a good idea. That way, at least yeah. you don't feel that stretch it out. Because I do feel sometime this summer, next fall, we're gonna feel that drag of oh, there's no new shit. Oh yeah, couldn't make anything for six months. Well, I, I think we're also gonna have like a weird stretch of like, oh, here's everything that was in production. All right, where it's like yeah. I, my head's spinning. Yeah, like I'm just like it's just yeah, content vomit everywhere. Yep. The uh, the one last thing. Oh well, well we're right, wrestling is on right now, but there is a wrestling pay per view tomorrow. So I want to make sure I get my wrestling dig oh, in. Oh good, a little good, NXT good. tomorrow. But uh, so so I've been you know I was talking Doomsday Patrol HBO Max, Looney Tunes, Looney Tunes cartoons, mm-hmm. not the new ones, the yeah. old ones. More viewers than Game of Thrones. I believe that Are people holding a grudge. Well, I 
you know what it is? So, Game of Thrones, obviously, for five seasons was a triumph. Yeah. And the sixth was good. Not as good as it could have been, but good. And then seven was terrible. But... And we all know why it wasn't as good as it could have been. Because they didn't have us. Gendry and Arya. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. But, like... I wrote I, down Gendry like I had to remind myself to say something <laughs> about Gendry. <laughs> when I think Game of Thrones, all that comes out now when I think Game of Thrones. Oh, Gendry like, of Thrones, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, Game of Thrones is that type of show that is not, like, it's not casually rewatchable. Sure. You know, like. Right. It's not something you could put on and just enjoy. Right, like, yeah. Looney Tunes is just going to be on in the background. I agree. Game of Thrones you have to commit to, right? And. You really don't go watch. Oh, let's go watch season four, episode two. Right, right. I and who is going to commit again, knowing yeah. to watch something that ends so disappointingly? Yeah, I'm, like I think that show. I think not only did they just fuck up the ending, obviously, but I think they fucked up the entire legacy, the legacy of the of show. It? Because yeah. why would anyone rewatch? What What are you going to get out of it? There's not. But you say that, but I still go back to my Lost um, comparison. I didn't start watching Lost until after it came out, and I knew how people shit on the ending. And I still right. I watched it on. But I didn't watch it. So you're you know all throughout. I watched it boom 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 on Netflix. But so first, I wasn't of all, as mad as I think people were as pissed. First of all, I've actually kind of changed my tune on the ending of Lost. Yeah, I've softened on it. Okay, um, because. The I think the the I think the ultimate flaw with the ending of Lost is that viewers did not fundamentally understand Lost. Viewers did not understand what Abrams and Lindelof were trying to there. do. Okay. Um, now that's certainly a little bit in the storytelling's fault. Yeah. Um, but I think they ended the show. In a very true fashion to what they were accomplishing the whole time. I just don't think people wanted that. You know, like if you yeah. if you look at Lost, the entirety of Lost is about is fate versus free will. Right. That's what that entire series is. Right. Over and over and over again. And then you have Jack, who's a man of action, and you have John Locke, who's a man of faith, and then you have Jack becoming a man of faith. Right, it's all faith. It's all faith. It's all free will versus, um, versus destiny. Right. Viewers, a lot of viewers, myself included, allowed ourselves to get really caught up in the standard storytelling that if you're Fox, you want to see like, oh, what's right. this love? What's this? Everything existing right. in a in a vacuum in a logical place, and no one was looking at it as the metaphor that it actually was. And it ended in it ended in that place that was very true to what the show was always trying to be. Right. And viewers just weren't ready for that. Um, myself included. As I've as I've gotten older and I've rewatched Lost, um, I've found that. And I think a lot of people have. Game of Thrones, on the other hand, did not end by First of all, it didn't stay true at all to anything that it was. Um, it completely betrayed itself. But also, it didn't... It didn't deliver anything that was... 
even like out of left field. It just delivered something that was the laziest version of what could be. You know, like the the island is purgatory thing. Right. That wasn't lazy. That was just bizarre because you didn't see it coming. Sure. And it wasn't what you wanted. But it wasn't lazy. I agree. No, I thought, I'm saying I never had I didn't have a problem so, with it. Right. So I think Lost is able to. I think with years just continue to get better. Whereas there, you can't forgive. <clears throat> I I can't forgive, and I and I think I. I am speaking for the entire community here. <laughs> when I say you, you, you can't forgive that kind of lazy storytelling when you've spent so many years putting in the work to great storytelling. You know, like, I'm fine with lazy storytelling if that's the show I'm getting into. Sure. You know, right. Like, right. I'm, I'm, watching, I'm watching Parks and Rec for the jokes, not for the great storytelling. Absolutely. You know? Right. But... I'm watching Game of Thrones because it's really magnificent storytelling and world building. Right. And then it's just fucking not. <laughs> and totally. Then I will never watch <clears throat> Game of Thrones. Um, this brings up a little... So I've been... I have the satellite radio. Got the Howard Stern. I love me some Howard Stern. Always have. But they play... Uh, that Gen X in you. Know? It is. It is. Um, but they play... They have... So Howard Stern 100 and Howard Stern 101. <clears throat> where they play like... Old shows, you know, like 101, they play replays a lot or whatever. So they're playing an older show, you know, 10 years old or whatever. But they were starting to talk about, like, jumping the shark type shows, you know? Yeah. And this I, this was a good point, I thought. Can you think of any show that always maintained its integrity all the way through and never jumped the shark on you once? Parks and Rec. You don't think it ever took a turn anywhere, tried to be something more than it was? It was? Nope. When someone even left? When they, even when, when they did the time jump? Even when characters left? You don't think it changed the tone or I think that show I think that show was exactly what it was from season two on I think as soon as they found their voice I'm not arguing I'm just yeah I think that show was perfect let me think is there any other show it's a thing I mean it's it's hard to think of just boom on the spot you really got to think about some shit Um, because you know some of my favorites that I always go to would be like The Wire but at some point I don't think it jumped the shark but I never watched they changed their tone a little bit here and there um Uh Um, I wouldn't say Sopranos jumped the shark, but, well, but I guess you would have to say that if that was, you know, um, I don't know. It's because I feel like they did it like in the last few episodes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's hard to say, oh, they, they remained true to the end. Right. But the end wasn't true. I feel. Yeah. They, um, they flubbed it in the last minute. Well, even before that a little bit, I still feel like it was, and eh, this is, I don't know. I didn't watch Sopranos either. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Um, but even, you know, I, I couldn't really think of anything. Let me try to think. Even like sitcom for sure, I couldn't think of the anything. The shows decent. that I loved. It is an older show, um, so most of the shows they brought up were older shows too, but it sure, was usually a, when like, someone leaves a show or when one, a kid gets too old. You know what I mean? It just changes the whole tone sure. or, or whatever well, about the if show. If I think about so like my favorite shows all time, you know, if I'm like trying to run the gamut, yeah. Um, Buffy. Definitely jump the shark. Um, Battlestar Galactica. Sure. Yeah, jump the shark. Yeah. Um, Lost. There's a middle. Well, I've, I've been there's some there. middle things. Yeah. yeah. There, there's, yeah. there's a lot there. Um, See previous episodes. Um, Veronica Mars. Uh, yeah. 
Veronica Mars changed in season and I'm not, three. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. The OC definitely yeah. jumped the fucking goddamn. I mean, it's hard. It's, I'm it's rough. to get right. This could, this could be a, for the OC. This could be its a own whole episode. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. This might be a whole episode. Yeah, I'll play with that. Um, I think, yeah, we'll do a little research here. Uh, maybe we'll get, we might have a full week this time so we can actually uh, do a little research and see. Because it's hard. Yeah. It's it's. I cannot think really of one show that I love start to finish that never had a tonal change or, you know, like I said, it doesn't mean it's bad all the time, sure. but it, it changed what it was. Right. For right and or wrong. A, or... And there's a difference between evolving logically and changing. And yes. changing. Right. Right. You know, like, cause I, any good show, especially one that's on for more than five years, if it doesn't change or evolve, that's a real fucking problem. Totally. Totally. Um, but yeah, evolving logically and jumping the shark right. are two different things. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, yeah, they didn't. Like I said, it was like a ten-year-old show, um, but they were talking even about shows like ten years before that. So they were, you know, but they talked about you know Wings and Northern Exposure, little Seinfeld and things like that. <laughs> so funny. My mom fucking even my sister loved Northern Exposure. My dad loved Northern loved Exposure. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. My dad said, I'll never forget this. When I was a kid, um, not super young, but I was probably like eight or nine. Like definitely old enough to remember this conversation. Yeah. Um like my dad was watching Northern Exposure and like totally unprompted, and this is very out of character for my dad. Um, to to offer anything unprompted, he just said, "You know, if your mom left me, I'd probably move to Alaska." <laughs> and I was kind of like, so kind of like, "Huh? You know, that's not real, like that, right?" And, and he was like, "Well, like, I mean, if I didn't have any like family responsibilities, like you guys or your mom, right?" And like, and, and in retrospect, as an adult. Like, I get what he was trying to sure, say. Sure, right. But it's it's a weird statement. Like, yeah, yeah. One, it's a weird fucking thing to say unprompted. Yeah. Two, it's a super weird thing to say to your, like, 10-year-old kid. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> if I didn't have to worry about you, I'd go to Alaska. Right. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Dad. It wasn't that long ago that I got my sister in, like, a Northern Exposure season on DVD. It was on Amazon gift list. So, I mean, we're it's still very recent. <laughs> we're still watching Northern Exposure in, in the house, in the family here. But every time I think it wasn't Northern Exposure, it wasn't on USA, but Wings was a USA show. Yeah. I always looked at, and this is just, I don't know, I don't know where it comes from. USA shows were, when I found a, someone who was a fan of a USA show, I'm like, you know everything about them. Who the fuck are you people? My I, dad. I, you know what I mean? It's just, it's a, right. they're, they're a different kind of person. Right. And I used to always make fun of that, but then I thought for a long time, wrestling has been on the USA network for like 30 years. <laughs> And I only knew about wings and because it came after wrestling. So I was making fun of these people, but I'm those people. Yep. I'm on the channel for three hours every Monday night My watching dad the same shit. Watched USA and TNT. My dad loved forever. It was like, and so like my dad was a, he was a manager of a Kmart. Mm-hmm. So he worked like real bizarre hours. Like my dad worked a ton, worked a ton of fucking hours. But <laughs> they're, they're doing, <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt you, but wrestling. They're doing the, um, uh, what's the fucking Fast scene? Times Fast Time Ripped by High scene with, you know, he's... Oh, God. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, 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 it distracted me. I apologize. Go right ahead. Um, a, your dad, I'm, like, sorry. I'm so, sorry. So my dad worked, like, 
70 hour work weeks right it was always like really fucked up hours there was always a couple of times that he'd work like uh 10 to 10 right so he'd be home you know especially in the summer when i was home you know he'd just and my dad's always been someone who'd be like up at 5 a.m no matter what so like from five to nine he'd just be like sitting on the couch watching usa yeah and then like on his day off that's what he'd do until like the evening and we were all doing shit together but it was like or it was lois and clark it was walker texas range oh, a lot of walker yeah yep. it was it what was, was wings it was northern uh, exposure what was the fucking um don johnson cheech marin Oh, what the hell's that one? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was in the same that. vein of Walker, Texas Ranger, but uh-huh. it was something else. Yep. Uh, even before that, you might not even remember. My dad loved Riptide. You Don't just, remember that one. Riptide was straight eighties. Three detectives working out of a houseboat. Wow. A uh, lot of a lot of a lot of fights on the dock where you just punch a guy and they go into the water type fights in slow motion. A lot of that kind of shit. Uh huh. And then uh, Jake and the Fat Man. I don't know that either. Jake and the Fat Man was, um, what was the main guy? The main guy was Luke from uh, Dukes of Hazzard. <laughs> I forget that guy's name. He was a star for a little while in the 80s. It was, a, But USA, man, it was just always one of those, I made fun of it. Nash Bridges. Nash Bridges, yes. That's what you're yes. thinking of. That was a good show. I like some, eh. I was like, oh, Cheech? Like, like right. the, I was like, what's going on? Cheech and Don Johnson. That was like right in those times when Cheech was making a comeback and he's like in Spy Kids and all yeah, kinds of that kids was movies. 96 to 01 was Nash Bridges. Driving around in his fucking uh, convertible. As Inspector Joe Dominguez. Yeah, I, I couldn't have told you that, but I just remember yeah, Wikipedia is telling yeah. me that. I mean, I'm, I'm not. I don't I don't just happen to have that right. kind of Cheech Marin right. knowledge sitting right. on top of my head. What was the other? What was the Hulk Hogan? Uh, that was TNT, probably, wasn't it? The. Tropic and th- uh, tro- Trouble in Paradise. You ever see that one? No. Oh, that was a piece of shit. <laughs> it was like Baywatch without swimming. They just rode boats everywhere. It was, it was pretty terrible. Weird. It, Hulk Hogan wore a lot of uh, white spandex pants. Oh, imagine that. Yeah. Hulk yeah. Hogan did something sleazy? No. <laughs> it wasn't sleazy. It's just Surely like, you it, jest. It was, just, it was the weirdest thing. Like, he hadn't been wrestling for 10 years, but he still, like, wore, like, the wrestling gear. You know what I mean? Like, huh. the weightlifting belt. I was like, I was like his everyday attire on the show. Yeah. He wasn't a wrestler or anything on the show. He was fucking, I don't know what he would have done on the show, but he'd be out. Cause they filmed it at Orlando Studios, which was, like, down the street from him, and they filmed all the boat stuff. It was his boat, so he just drove his boat around, and they filmed shit, and it was a TV show, basically. That's weird. Yeah. It, well, it's not, you know... What was the great Hulk Hogan movie? Oh, yeah, there's not one. So <laughs> Rocky 2, right? Or Rocky 3, whatever he was in for two seconds. Yeah. It was Thunderlips. That was great. Yeah. That was a great Hulk Hogan vehicle. Oh. You're, is that how we're going to end? We have nothing else to talk about? I was going well, I, 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 I was going to go a certain direction with that, but it, it just... That's, I'm not uh, going to go down... I'm not going to go down... Oh, rabbit I had one last thing I wanted to ask. We were talking about Ghostbusters earlier, mm-hmm. and this bugged me. What was fucking Peter Venkman's talk show in Ghostbusters 2? Uh, it was just a cheesy little name. Was it something of the weird? or Yeah. I remember the, the oh, security guard God. says it. You're one of my two favorite shows. What's the other one? Something like Bass Masters. Yeah. Bass Masters or whatever it was. Shit. Right? I can't remember either. I oh, feel like I should really no. know that. No, I definitely should. I'm losing all credibility. I feel like that, would really, that could be a great podcast name. Oh, God. 
All right. Well, I'll come back with it next we'll, time. We'll bring it to you next time. That's upsetting, um, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. God, I wish we had a, some type of technology. We could just push a button and ask it. If only. Yeah. Oh, well. Until next All time. Right. Yep. Take Thanks, care guys. of yourselves. That's right. Be, be safe. Be good.